Yeah, the cruise lineup has been great so far. And uh, Riverside was announced for like three minutes and then yeah, they pulled it. and then pulled off. So. <laughs> they pulled out <laughs> after three minutes. <laughs> Jeez, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you going, I wish I could go three minutes? No, I can go three minutes. I just have to do it at three ones. Welcome to 60. Hey, Prague fans. Welcome to another episode of the Ultimate Prog Podcast Project. My name is Tony, and as always, I am joined by... Lee. And Craig. We are three friends and prog aficionados here to talk about the history and the craft of progressive music while sprinkling in our always unvarnished opinions of the music and personalities that make this genre so great. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at UP3Show, as well as on our homepage at UP3Show.com, where you can find all of our episodes plus extra content that we sometimes put up to go along with the episodes. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can contact us via email at UP3Show at gmail.com. And if you just can't get enough of the show, we highly encourage you to hit the subscribe button on our podcast page at UP3Show.podbean.com or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. We're on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the places. This makes sure that you never miss an episode and helps other prog fans find the show. Nice. Let's do some catching up, fellas. What have you been up to since last month? I'll start with you tonight, Lee. Really, really busy at work. I hate to sound like a record on repeat, but that's true. Um, So I didn't get a lot of time in the studio this month, but I've been seeing a lot of X Live this month, which has been pretty cool. A couple of those with Craig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to see Steve Vai, which is really good, over at the Boulder Theater. And we just got to see John Petrucci, the solo tour. And even though it was kind of rushed and they got in late and had a hard time setting up and everything, excellent, excellent show. Just super tight, guys. Amazing. And I also just saw Catatonia with the ocean backing them up at the Oriental Theater, and that was great, too. Nice. And you don't have to apologize, honestly, if you're thinking about the demographic that listens to this show. We're all, like, <laughs> working our asses God, all the no time. No kidding. I know. It's the theme. Yeah. How about you, Craig? What have you been up to since last time? Uh, I've been working so much. I, b- by the way, I want to give a nod to Lee not saying broken record, but music on repeat. It's kind of like the new millennium's version of broken record. So My cash only has this one thing in it, right? <laughs> my offline cash that's right Uh, i've been pushing and popping all week long (laughs) and i'm sorry what was the question yeah (laughs) what have you been up to since last time (laughs) i gotta remind our resident goldfish of what what the question was (laughs) Uh, well besides working because that's obvious um i've been practicing a lot i did a lot of stuff for my uh piano teacher and you know on the one hand it's like ah shit i'm never getting this but I think I probably am because I'm putting the time in. Mm. When I do it, I feel like, ah, oh, shit, so this is what it would have been like if I would have been a musician. And I do enjoy it. I mean, I can put in the time until, until my pants start sticking to my butt. It's like, all right, I got to stand up now. <laughs> that's an image that I don't need. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Went to see some music with Lee. 
I'm sorry I couldn't be there with you guys. That sounds really awesome. Yeah. We missed you, man. You would have liked Petrucci. You know, when I was in New York and seeing the Rudesh show, Petrucci was in the audience. Yeah. Uh-huh. And me and Mike, we were like, do you want to take an over-under on if Jordan invites John up on the stage? Because there is a guitar sitting on stage. He never did, but it would have been cool. Yeah. So Jordan played, right? He did some noodling? Mm-hmm. Because over the pandemic, he had been posting his uh, guitar journey. Yeah. He talked about that during the show, yeah. Wow, that's just disgusting. But yeah, I would have really enjoyed being there with you guys. I just had a work thing that popped up. Yeah. It's okay. We wanted to be a Jordan Rudess with you. So we're even. It's all even. <laughs> That's so we're, we're going to each see different parts of Dream Theater. That's right. Alone. <laughs> there you have it. That's all I'd have been doing. Yeah. What about you, Tony? What's going on? Yeah. Tony, what have you been doing besides working? Well, so I, I, I do have to throw that in there. But by the time this episode comes out, this will already be in the past. My beautiful wife has voluntold me that I'm going on a Thanksgiving family cruise with them on, a, on Disney Cruise Lines. Now, just to be clear, you only have one wife, though, right? Correct. The beautiful one. I was going to say. So I had bought a bunch of music theory classes from Udemy. And so I'm trying to get them downloaded so I can watch them while I'm on the cruise. And then just playing around with my guitar and my MIDI controllers and stuff like that. Just trying to find a way to be in music. Yeah, that's been kind of it for right now. Cool. So can you tell us anything about news or any stuff that's been going on recently, Lee? Yeah, the big one that I wanted to get you guys' reaction on is we've been talking about Peter Gabriel releasing a new album for, seems like, almost a year now. Since the beginning of this show. Yeah, hopefully that's <laughs> coming soon. But what has been exciting is he's announced a European tour. Mm-hmm. I think I read that he's going to come to the U.S. also, but they just aren't as far along in planning it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. And I looked at some of the dates. There, It's U.K. and Ireland heavy. Yes. There's a, a couple on the continent. The big thing that I don't know how I missed, because I do try and follow up on Peter Gabriel's stuff, is like the actual name of the album, which I heard for the first time, which it's going to be called IO. Right. Mm-hmm. And from a tech perspective, like input output, which, you know, as a callback, he was already making a lot of these technological references on his last album. In fact, one of my favorite tracks off of that album is a track called Signal to Noise. Interested to see the I mean, uh, artistic direction he takes on this album. Yep, and he always likes the super short names. Yep, I was I thought it was a moon of Jupiter. It's I slash O. Yes. Oh, that's uh, that is absolutely input output. And I did see the lineup, and I did look for Tony Levin, and he's there. So he's on there. Nice. Dave Rhodes, I think is is that his name mm-hmm. on uh, guitar. Yep. And I, I would be surprised if he doesn't get Manu Kache. Yep. And then the other exciting one for us is the Cruise to the Edge 2024 has started announcing their lineup. Seems like it started trickling a little bit slowly. Uh, Bands like Griffin, and we were kind of scratching our heads. And then suddenly some of the big guns came in, and we got Marillion coming up, which I am super psyched about. Steve Hackett. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What about you guys? Haken for me. Mm -hmm. Adrian Blue. Yeah. Adrian Blue. Symphony X. Symphony X, yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited. Lonely Robot. Lonely Robot, I know. Can you believe that? That's going to be great, John Mitchell. But Jim Godfrey did confirm that Frost will not be on the cruise this time, so major disappointment there. Mm. Stephen Wilson has announced a new 80s alternative rock collection called Intrigue Progressive Sounds in UK Alternative Music being released 
in February. 58 tracks on four CDs, and it's material from people like Kate Bush, XTC, Tears for Fairs. Jethro Tull has announced they will release a new album in spring of 2023. What? Kind of a surprise, considering their last album wasn't that long ago. Wow. New Threshold is out this month, The Dividing Line, and I will start binging that one shortly. Rick Wakeman has announced a new studio album for 2023. Nice. Yeah. Haken has announced their new album will be called Fauna. I don't have a release date for it yet, but they're just starting to do previews, which is pretty cool. Winery Dogs has announced they will release a third album in February. And again, Riverside's new album, Identity, coming out in January. There's a new single called I'm Done With You out now. And we're still waiting on release news on new albums from Rain, Kairos, and Pattern Seeking Animals. There you go. Also, we like to talk about what we've been listening to in the past month or so. Craig, what have you been listening to since last month? Well, obviously, the latest jazz tracks I've been listening to. I'm sorry, I haven't been doing a lot of prog. I should start whenever I get to this in the future. Just say, what jazz are you listening to? Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't apologize. It's your unvarnished opinion. Yeah, own it. Okay, so here's the deal. So I got an assignment to listen to four Miles Davis albums. Oh, wow. And they are called Cookin', Workin', Relaxin', and Steamin'. Now, here's the interesting thing about them. These are, uh, I think, late 50s. Mm-hmm. It was a great lineup of musicians. But the deal was, he was under contract with Prestige Records, and he wanted to get out of it. And they're like, oh, no, dude, you owe us four albums. They recorded these albums of just incredible, beautiful improvs in like a week. It was literally like a couple of days of recording. And they're just great, legendary albums. Everybody sort of knows them as the Prestige albums. The piano player is Red Garland. Philly Joe Jones is uh, on drums. And I'm spacing out the sax player's names, which is absolutely a cardinal sin because... Hang on. Oh, Coltrane. John Coltrane on sax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a little nobody God, there. Nobody that I can't... Yeah. <laughs> can't remember that dude's name. John oh, something shit. Who is it? God, John. <laughs> oh, and, um, oh, Miles Davis on trumpet. Uh, but my assignment was to listen to what Red Garland was doing. That's why I sort of uh, nice. spaced everybody else out. Very cool. Anyway, yes, I've been listening to that. Nice. And what about you, Lee? What have you been listening to? Well, I spent the month catching up uh, in preparation for these concerts. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time listening to Petrucci's solo albums again, Terminal Velocity and Suspended Animation, some Steve Vai, and then have been really making sure I'm up on my catatonia. So mm-hmm. City Burials and um, a lot of their more recent work. So. For my part, I've been listening to a lot of the folks we're here to talk about tonight, Riverside. I knew of them, but didn't have a lot of familiarity, and it's really been nice. So I'm going to talk about that more in the show. Cool. So a fan favorite segment of the show is when Craig tells us about something unheard of. The reason I do this unheard of thing is it forces me to listen to some prog every month. Something that's not jazz. (laughs) Yeah, something that's not jazz, and it's really enjoyable. So this month's band, they have a ton of music, and I hardly know anything about them because they don't post any information about themselves. I don't know where they are. All I really know is their name and how to get their music. And the band is called Mute Prophet. 
let me read a little bit about them. This is really all that they've published about themselves. Mu Prophet has emerged as one of America's premier symphonic metal bands, boasting a sound born of a veneration from soundscapes of European symphonic metal and infused with an intense guitar-first songwriting approach. The band's sound is the product of numerous and varied influences, pairing bands such as Nightwish, Epica, Delane, and Serena with guitar-driven sounds of Children of Bodom, Arch Enemy, Dragon Force, and others. The result is a sound that blends powerful orchestrations, passionate female vocals, and some of the most impressive guitar work ever to hit the female-fronted metal scene. They are made up of Adrian Odenthal, the lead singer, bassist Louisa Ricks, and uh, guitarist Kevin Getz. There is also another guy named Chris Tompkins. He's no longer with the band. They have four albums. So let's go ahead and listen to something from their album called Cycle of Fire. some cool metal and i i didn't realize until a couple hours of uh reading about them and listening to their music um they don't have a drummer so i guess that's all drum machine hmm. one of the interesting things about them like i say they don't publish much about themselves but they have a blog and one of their blogs they talk about how they use this uh, ai enabled box called a kemper profiler hmm. you play some music that you like, like specifically, let's say a guitar played through a particular amp, you play that into the Kemper, and then it uses AI to create a model of that sound. And that becomes the effect that you then play your guitar through and record it. So with this one album called Stillborn Reflection, uh, they use the Kemper profile of the guitar tone on Nightwish's Once. That's really interesting. That's nice. By the way, these guys uh, are big fans of Nightwish. That is amazing. So I'm very, very, very familiar with Nightwish. The first three bars, I was like, uh-huh. that's directly taken from that album. They cover a couple of their songs. Is this is Stillborn Reflection a Nightwish song? No, it's not a Nightwish song. It's that tone. Exactly what you just said about whatever that <clears throat> Kemper does. Mm-hmm. It hit that exact Nightwish tone. Interesting. It's like coming up with a, a pedal, right? It's doing an AI generated pedal effect for you, which is really, really cool. So um, the one last thing I'll say about these guys is, like I say, I don't know much about them as far as where they're from or much of their backstory, but the lead singer herself has a very compelling story where this crazy ex-boyfriend assaulted her. Oh, man. And she recovered from the injuries, but she ended up in a really dark place. Uh, She had a lot of trauma, got into drugs, thought about suicide, but she was friends with this guitar player. And was talking to him and saying, hey, man, I'm going through a hard time. I don't know what the hell to do, man. I don't want to kill myself. And he's like, hey, why don't you try singing? And she's like, well, I never sung before. It's, it'll be embarrassing. He's like, 
you want to kill yourself, but you're afraid of singing. He pulled up Nemo by Nightwish, told her, go for it. So she did. When she got done, uh, the guitar player just had this weird look on his face, and she's like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. I was horrible. He's like, no, you want to join my band? (laughs) And it's kind of like the rest is history. Nice. So what she says in her blog is, music truly does have the power to change lives. That's the reason I felt compelled to share this story, and you should go up to her blog and check it out. That's cool. Because everyone has their pains and struggles, but with music, and especially metal, we can triumph over anything. So I've got one more clip. It's called Designer Scars. Wow. I like this band. I like that one. I like these guys, man. Yeah. Once again, you guys are going to turn me into a metalhead because I'm liking this stuff. I think it's already happened. So for those that don't know, there's a great resource on the internet called the Encyclopedia Metallum, which is like this huge database of all these metal bands. So I went ahead and looked them up there. They are from St. Louis, Missouri. Cool. Like I say, they have four albums. Uh, You can get them on Spotify, Apple Music. They have a presence on Facebook. Uh, you can also check them out at muteprofitmusic.com, and profit is PH. Yeah, we'll go ahead and put all that in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Very cool. Thank you again, Craig. And yeah, without bet. further ado, let's go talk about Riverside. First things first, we got to go say a big thank you and a big shout out to Abdul Al. One of the listeners suggested we do this episode, and we had been thinking about doing it and put it on the list, but after Abdul said, do Riverside, we moved it up in the list, so. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Al. And listeners, definitely let us know what you want to hear, because we will uh, listen to you and move it up. Riverside. So my introduction to them was the music cruise Progressive Nation at Sea, my first cruise with Craig in 2014. And the way these music cruises work for me, anyway, is I have a list of all the major acts that I know I want to see, and so that's a schedule. But otherwise, I'm kind of floating between decks and listening to different bands and just seeing what else is on the cruise and who else is out there. And I had heard of Riverside, but I had never really paid a lot of attention. And as I recall, we were sitting up on the pool deck having a beer. Absolutely. It's a nice warm day out in the sun. We were kind of sitting in the back. Different bands coming on and off the stage. I think one of them was Haken. And about 30 minutes before Riverside started, this mob of people started showing up, mostly Europeans, and they were buzzing about seeing Riverside. And so as I started talking to some of these people, I realized there's something here that we are not hearing in the U.S. that I need to start paying attention to. It was very, very early in the cruise, so the whole thing was surreal. You know, I had never been on a cruise before and we're up on the deck and it's a beautiful sunny day and we, you know, come from Colorado where it was cold and shitty. And yeah, so we're out there, we had a couple drinks, we're a couple drinks into the thing and these guys start playing and it's like, this is really good. Yeah. And I had never heard of them. I had no idea who they were. But the fact that the crowd was so engaged, the fact that they were on the pool deck early in the cruise really speaks to the fact that somebody somewhere 
really likes them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So background on these guys, they start out of Warsaw, Poland in 2001. Peter Grudzinski and Peter Kaziradzki, both guitar players, coming from a prog metal background. They invited a keyboard player they knew, Jacek Melnicki, to join. And eventually, Marius Duda, the bass player and vocalist, he also joins. So the two Peters and Marius coming from a prog metal background, but they had a lot of interest in uh, ambient music and really wanted to explore a little more prog rock. And they record their first album. It goes out in 2003 and is a success right away in Poland. But what I want to do to kind of start this off is to build what I would call the sound of Riverside. And to me, Riverside is really three distinct styles that they mix together. Mm-hmm. The first is what I would call an ambient sound. It's usually kind of a halftime drum, and somebody in the background is almost always carrying whole notes. It's either the vocals, a lot of times it's keyboards, but this is kind of the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. And so- That song is Through the Other Side from Rapid Eye Movement. I got to ask a question of you, Lee. Sure. Because in the past, when we have talked about one of my favorite bands, Leprous, who does a lot of the atmospheric ambient stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have made the argument that it's not going anywhere. You don't like it. I think Leprous sounds aurally, A-U-R-A-L-L-Y, very different from Riverside. So my point is, I'm very familiar with this style of music, and I don't call this ambient. I call this more like plotting, where it is moving, but it's not creating an atmosphere. Oh, I very much disagree. I think it is very much creating an atmosphere. And I don't think the thing I don't like about Leprous is that it doesn't go anywhere. The primary reason I'm not much of a Leprous fan is I find their ambient stuff to be kind of asynchronous. Where I find the instruments just are kind of out of sync with each other a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Through most of the music, I wouldn't say all the music, but to me, the ambient music with Riverside is very melodic, um, all the instruments in sync. Mm-hmm. To me, it sounds very different than Leprous does. And, and not to pile on about Leprous, because I do enjoy them. My thought on Leprous is they always have the reverb cranked up to 11. That's true. Interesting. It feels like it's a very kind of a raw processing, whereas Riverside, in my mind, sounds much more produced. It might be an EQ. I don't know what, what it is, because I don't know that stuff. Okay. The second sound, I think everybody's going to recognize. I'm just going to play it, and then we'll talk about it. Medication time. My favorite part had a rainbow box. Need you to survive. Why just for my health? Blue for happiness. 
That track is Rainbow Box from Rapid Eye Movement. And I wish I had a better description of this style, but I don't. To me, it sounds like Stephen Wilson or Porcupine Tree. Sure. Mm. If I had heard Rainbow Box before I knew anything about Riverside, I would have said that was Porcupine Tree. Hmm. And it's got a very prog rock feel, very 4-4, and the vocals to me sound very close to Stephen Wilson sometimes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the third style that I think they do really well is they really lean into their prog metal roots. And here's an example of that. That is Dance with the Shadows from Second Life Syndrome. And this, to me, is just what I really love the most about Riverside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their prog metal is just awesome. Now, if you throw those three styles together into a single song, this is kind of what it comes out as. This is a song called Second Life Syndrome. It's the title track from one of their albums. For me, that's just awesome. Nobody puts those styles together the way they do. That was like a turning point on the cruise when they played that. Yes. For my part, Riverside was one of those bands that I knew of because when I would search for other bands, the recommendations would usually say fans of this band also like Riverside. Yeah. It, they were just always on the periphery. And so in preparation for this episode, this is the first time I've been seriously listening to Riverside. Fell in love with them almost immediately. Yeah. Whether we're going to call it atmospheric ambient or something else, I like that part of Riverside a lot, a tremendous amount. It's pulling on that part of me that really likes Leprous. Right. And then the prog metal side of it, I just kept going, this feels really, really familiar. And ultimately what it, what it finally clicked in my head is not all the time, but a lot of the time they use drop D tuning on the guitars hmm. and that's super popular in metal circles. Yeah, it is. I don't hear a lot of gent, but I didn't think about the drop D tuning, but that makes sense. But to me, when they mix this up, there are some longer songs that are just amazing with the way they mix all of those elements together. Yeah. Some of the longer passages with just the guitar sounds a lot like tool. Interesting. It, to me anyway, it does. Um, and that might be because I'm preparing for a future episode we're doing, and I'm listening to a lot of Tool right now. And then also in that particular track that you just shared, the combination of the instrumentation with the vocals is kind of the wish granted of what I always said about Seventh Wonder, <laughs> of having a vocalist who's like actually in cadence with the music. Yeah, I mean, love you, Tommy, but come on. <laughs> right. What's drop D tuning? So drop D tuning is literally what it sounds like when you take a guitar and you just tune everything towards the bottom of the guitar and then the D ends up falling off. Right. 
You don't tune to a low E, you tune to a low D. Everything else is the same? Mm-hmm. So how, can you, how do you know that he's doing that? What do you mean? Well, you said, oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I can, you can hear it because the top end changes. Oh? What you end up getting more on the top end changes, and it basically pulls the entire sound down. So it's more of a chugging sound, um, which is kind of a stylistic thing, too. But it brings the tonality of the guitar down. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it really lets you change the voicing of a lot of open string guitar chords more towards the bottom end than it would the higher end. It's super popular metal sound. Okay, so Riverside. First three albums are Out of Myself, which to me has a lot of this ambience or how you'd want to describe that. But a lot of times they take that ambience and they do a moving bass line on top of it, which I really like quite a bit. I'll show you a little bit what I mean in just a second. Second album is Second Life Syndrome. Comes out in 2005. Rapid Eye Movement in 2007. And by the way, they are very consistent. They release one album like literally every two years. Um, Very, very regular releases. Mm -hmm. And here's a little composite from those first three albums. They're very similar in the way they sound. Let's just listen to Riverside for 45 minutes. It's got that kind of quality to it where you just want to turn off all the lights, put on a good set of headphones, and just sort of let yourself go. Yeah. The production's really, really balanced. Yeah, it is very balanced. And one of the things I think that goes through this is they are a very melodic band. They always pretty much come back to the same melodies in the song, even if they drift for a piece here and there. Yeah. I really like it. Most of that is from Rapid Eye Movement, which I think is the best album of the first three. Uh In that clip was Ultimate Trip from Rapid Eye Movement, Reality Dream 3 from Second Life Syndrome, and Beyond the Eyelids from Rapid Eye Movement. And the first clip, Ultimate Trip, that's got the example of a walking bass on top of that ambient underneath. And I really like the way they do that. But then there's an album that comes out called Anno Domini High Definition. And I think this is a very different album for Riverside, and I'll show you why. Uh, Marius Duda, in an interview, said 
he had been trying to do something that really had a very frenetic feel, an album with a little more aggression and edge to it. And I also think the keyboard player really stands out more on this album, which is one of the reasons I like it quite a bit. First song is called Hyperactive. I guess the sun getting out of bed. Myself by date didn't expire yesterday. The tortured porn on the red road days. Two kiss of liquid modernity. Love it. I like that a lot. And then the second one I'm going to play from that is, it's called Hybrid Times, same album. A lot edgier feel to it, Mm -hmm. you know, the synths he's using and some of those tones and even the vocals. I mean, you can just hear a little more aggression in this. It's a really unusual album because the very next album, they drop kind of back to that standard Riverside sound. So this one really stands out and I really enjoy it. Hmm. Yeah, I would never guess that that's Riverside. Yeah. And there's only five songs on this album. They tend to be very much longer songs. Mm-hmm. Are they all frenetic like that or for longer pieces? Do they have like breaks in the middle? There are a couple of little more ambient pieces that I guess you'd call more standard Riverside. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the album sounds like that. So I think it's really a standout. Mm. They come back and they're going to do two more albums that are really more of a standard Riverside sound. Shrine of New Generation Slaves and Love, Fear, and the Time Machine. And here's a little composite of that.
feel like that feels like a great follow-up to Anno Domini. Okay. Because Anno Domini is like really pushing in another direction and it just kind of comes back, but you can still feel that Anno Domini in Shrine of New Generation Sleeps. Interesting. Are there other songs on that album that you like? No, I'm not as familiar. I'm just going by what you shared. Okay. The tracks in that composite were found from Love, Fear, and the Time Machine, Celebrity Touch from Shrine of New Generation Slaves, and Discard Your Fear from Love, Fear, and the Time Machine. And these albums come out in 2013 and 2015, respectively. Here's another composite from these two albums. Deprived from Shrine of New Generation Slaves, The Caterpillar and the Barbed Wire from Love, Fear, and the Time Machine, and Feel Like Falling from Shrine of New Generation Slaves. And that will unfortunately close a big chapter of Riverside because Peter Grzynski dies in February of 2016 of a pulmonary embolism. It's very, very sudden. Mm -hmm. And it was following a winery dog show. I remember seeing a post from Mike Portnoy. The day after they'd seen Piotr at the show, they literally went backstage and talked to him, and everybody was just completely stunned. So, very, very sudden death, and it really hits this band hard. And they put out a couple of collections. One of them's called Eye of the Soundscape, and it's very ambient kind of a sound. You can kind of hear the grief and the lamenting for Piotr's death. And then they do the next album, which is 2017. It's called Wasteland. And just in the titles of the songs, there's a lot of contemplation, a lot of brooding and really remembering Peter in his life. Wow. There's song titles like Guardian Angel, Veil of Tears, Lament, Wasteland, Struggle for Survival. And the lyrics, you can just hear they're really kind of working through the whole thing of his death. They did it as a trio with Marius Duda also playing a little bit of guitar on top of his bass duties, but they also asked a friend of theirs, Makiage Miller, to come play guitar 
First, he does this as a guest, and then eventually he will join the band permanently. Here's some clips from Wasteland. You can kind of hear what I'm talking about. listen to this band the more i'm like kind of pissed at myself that they weren't in it for such a long time hey well you know, now you got a bunch of stuff to look forward to i know serious that last song is wasteland and wasteland is about a 12 minute song with multiple movements mm-hmm. and listeners if you don't get anything from this episode do one thing go listen to wasteland hmm. it is a fantastic song to me, it's on the level of something like Jaws of Heaven by Spock's Beard. Mm-hmm. I just think that is absolutely one of the best prog tracks I've ever heard. What was the first clip you just played? Uh, the first clip was... Was that Acid Rain? No, it was... The first song is The Night Before. The second one is Veil of Tears, and the last one is Wasteland. Got it. Because that first one didn't sound at all like prog rock. It sounded like an indie thing. Interesting. This is kind of where my thoughts were. I am just intensely impressed by how consistent the sound, and from the sound, I mean the production of this band is, because while they have brought in outside producers from time to time, from album number one, this is a band that has been largely self-produced. Yes. And typically what you find in bands that produce themselves is even if they don't intend to, there's some kind of ego jockeying in the studio and you end up with, oh, it's my time. I want this drum fill to really shine. And so you're going to duck all the other audio and like really highlight the drum. And so you end up with really unbalanced production because of that. And this band is so consistent. The soundscape is always so full. And I'm just so impressed by this band on that. Yeah, I totally agree with those comments. I think they are very, very consistent. I've only read a smattering of interviews, and they're almost always with Marius Duda. And he is kind of the front man, for lack of a better word. I mean, he's a vocalist, mm-hmm. he's a bass player, uh, but he's the one that does most of the interviews. But it doesn't seem like there is any like out-of-place egos in this at all mm-hmm. that I can see. 
Well, if you look at how they responded to Peter's death, yeah, it really feels like they're projecting like they've lost a brother. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't really mean this in the way it's going to sound, but when you find a band that when something like that happens and the band kind of loses their way, it kind of tells you how close the band was, mm. right? You know, not to say that Riverside lost their way, but, you know, like, obviously they struggled. You even think about bands like Rush or R.E.M., where they're like, if we can't have all of us, we, we can't really be a band. Right. Yeah. And that's really impressive to me, because I think that comes through in the music. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do, too. I think when you listen to Wasteland, you can really hear the grieving in the music. Mm-hmm. Just different kinds of bands. Um, You know, some are just collections of musicians. Well, it's like The Who said. I would never pick any of them as friends, but I'd also never pick anybody else as bandmates. Yeah. And that's like the complete other extreme of what it seems like Riverside is. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Right. One of the other things that affects them pretty strongly is that they are from Warsaw, Poland. And Marius Duda had this quote, which I find really interesting. This is from a Background Magazine interview in 2021 with Pedro Beckers. My life motto, which I've held on to for years, is humbleness and consistency. That is the consequence from the fact that I was raised in communist Poland. I experienced poverty and not being able to afford things. I remember buying products on stamps, empty store shelves, and 10 minutes of cartoons a day on TV. Moreover, I grew up in a small town where life was going on more slowly than it happens nowadays in Warsaw, where I've lived for 20 years now. I think it definitely shaped my music sensitivity. Maybe that's why I'm fond of closed spaces, different kinds of cages and dark forests that in my work, I always try to get out of. Mm. Wow. Because it's not the U.S. or it's not U.K. with all these plethora of bands. It's not even Sweden where there's tons of prog metal bands. Mm Mm-hmm. They just rose and represented, Mm -hmm. and it kind of pulled them together, unified them. I don't know. Yeah. I think that this personal side of it really is an important thing to talk about with Riverside, because the band is consistent. Yes. You know, as an example, kind of coming out of a different direction, I've loved the band Nightwish for a very, very long time, Hmm. but they had Tarja Tarunin as a vocalist. Right. They had Annette as a vocalist. Nightwish as a band with those vocalists sounded like it's Thomas's band with a vocalist and some other players. Hmm. And then when Floor Janssen joined the band, now Nightwish sounds complete. Mm. And the music they've been producing with Floor in the band has been literally on a different level. Mm. And so I think when you can get a band that comes together and gels that way, as Riverside obviously always has, you get music that's on this other level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything feels coherent. Everything feels cohesive. And I would say that that's probably even true of a quote unquote frenetic album. To Craig's point, it sounds cohesive to their story to me. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, as you said that, if you're going to be that consistent over 20 years, you've got room to grow and do things like their frenetic album and just take little side routes here and there mm-hmm. and grow as a band and expand as a band. So. You're not, like, always starting over with somebody else new. Right. Are they all contributing songwriters, or does one person write all the songs? Uh, that part is interesting, because the first four albums, they all got writing credits, and Mario's Duda only took lyric credits. But that has changed over the last three albums, and now they say all music and lyrics by Mario's Duda, unless otherwise noted. 
And then there's a handful of songs that are Mario's Dudo with Michael Lepage or Piotr Grzynski before he died. Mm-hmm. So that's their first seven albums. There's an eighth album coming out early next year in January called ID Entity Identity. And Marius has said that this album should sound very different from the last couple because it was really written together as a group in a practice space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Much less of a COVID isolation kind of thing where people were throwing in their parts on top of other people. So he sounds very excited to see this new album come out. So if he's excited, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And they've done a preview track you can find online. It's called I'm Done With You. And so far, I'm really liking the sound of it. Here's a preview. This is not what you expect, so you feel you have to wake me up. You have to make me aware. Tell me I lost my way. There's a couple of compilation albums in here. One's called Eye of the Soundscape. And they have done some pieces that cover more than one album. So an example is in the first three albums, there was these pieces called Reality Dream Parts 1, 2, and 3. And so they put those together in a compilation and released that. But the one thing I would close off with, it's a little bit of a side tangent, but I think you guys would find it interesting. Uh, Marius Duda also does a side project called Lunatic Soul, and it's him and another guitar player who I could attempt this name, but I am going to butcher it so <laughs> horribly. It's Wozniak Dramowitz. Hopefully that's right. I'll try to look him up. Not big on vowels in Poland, apparently. Uh, no, yeah, it's by a vowel. Uh, but they've done seven albums, and it's a very similar sound, but it's a little more exploratory. And I'm going to play one more song just off Lunatic Soul. This is called Oblivion, and it's from the album Through Shaded Wood. That was a song that literally from the first note, I knew I was going to like it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it's like where you started the clip, but it's like, this is going to be good. This album is, uh, Three Shaded Wood, is a little more folky almost. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, kind definitely. of like ambient, a little bit of prog and a little bit of folk mixed into it. Mm-hmm. Got a little, little Jethro Tull kind yeah, of thing going it, on. It yeah, it does have a little Jethro Tull feel to it. I agree with that. You can find some interesting solo work from these guys individually on the web. Michael Lepage has done a few different solo projects that I like. And Marius Duda has also done another project called the Lockdown Trilogy, which he released this year, which is way more experimental than any of this, where he locked himself in a studio and really just explored different sounds and spaces. And it's very, very, very experimental. So that's available. But there you go. That's Riverside. I think it's a hugely strong band. Great foundation to build on. And like Tony said, very, very consistent production. I think they're just going to go nowhere but up from here. So 
excited to hear the next album. Yep. Awesome. So thank you very much for that, Lee. Yeah. As I said, I knew of Riverside for a long time, and I really appreciated the opportunity to go deep dive on Riverside, because yep. now they're definitely one of those bands that's going to be in my consistent stable of bands I listen to. Yep. And so thank you to the listeners, Abdul, for asking us to do yeah. an episode on Riverside. Shout out to like, that's, that's how this happens. That's right. Shout out to us more people. Uh, do you have any other recommendations, Lee, before we close out here? I just strongly recommend the album Wasteland, e- even though it's kind of in the middle of that grieving period. I think the song Wasteland is such an incredible song. So recommend that album highly. And of course, like I said, I really like Anno Domini High Definition. Cool. So we'll put links to everything in the show notes. And as we exit, don't forget, you can find us on Twitter at UP3Show, as well as on Instagram now, I, I want to talk about the, the Twitter situation, because in the era of the Elon Musk hellscape that is now Twitter, I have <laughs> killed my personal <laughs> account. Yes. But the uh, show account does still exist. We're going to use that for outreach with the fans. So reach out to us there. You can DM us on Instagram and Twitter at UP3Show. You can also contact us via email at UP3Show at gmail.com. We definitely want to hear from you about what kind of topics, as Abdul did here with us on Riverside, about what you'd like to hear us cover on the show. And if you, even if you've got an idea for Craig for something to do of unheard of, if you're a small indie band or yeah. something, reach out to Craig. Let him know. Heck yeah. We'd love to feature you on the show. If you want to show the show some support, it's super easy. Uh, non-financially, you can support us just by liking and subscribing to the episodes wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And then also take a moment, and if your particular platform allows you to write a review, please take a moment to write a review. That help, does help to populate and percolate up the recommendations of the show. If you would like to help the show financially, we would super appreciate it. We have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash up3show. And very, very recently, Lee just put up some Dream Theater content out there for the patrons. Uh, So go and hit, hit us up on Patreon. You can get access to Lee's special limited access content. I hope that you had Thanksgiving if you were in the <laughs> States. <laughs> if you had family over, I hope that you all survived and that there were no hospital visits. Before we run this show any further into the ground and alienate the three listeners that we have secured so far, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Hey, folks. Tony here. If you made it this far, congratulations. You're getting everything you can out of this podcast episode. As a reminder, we're a podcast about commentary and opinion on prog music. We use samples of music to make our point and to teach others. We make no claim of copyright to any of the music featured in our samples and strongly recommend that you support the artists we talk about by buying their albums and merchandise or seeing them live. If you're an artist and you'd like for us to change how we've used your content on the show, please contact us directly so that we can work together. And don't tell Tony, but he forgot to mention Ariane in this episode.